Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Going to be talking about Saturdays, Saturday, September the 3rd, the Taylor Hawkins Tribute Concert. I'm recording this approximately eight hours after the event ended because, honestly, I was too emotional right after it was over to talk about it. I did not expect that. I've been in the radio world three and a half, almost four decades. That's a long freaking time. I've met a lot of rock stars. I've interviewed a lot of rock stars. I've been to a lot of concerts. I've been backstage at a lot of concerts. I've done the whole thing a lot. It's nice to do it now. Once you've done it a lot and, and you know what to do and what to say and who to you know go with and all that, it, it's quite a wonderful experience. It used to be a stressful thing. but Meeting some of your favorite rock stars is an eye-opening experience in good and bad ways sometimes. But all in all, uh, I've loved every moment of my life that I've been able to to live out the things I thought about in my bedroom as a kid. I listened to Kiss records and, and sticks and, and wanted to be a rock star, and I just wasn't cut out to be that. I was a musician, but it just, you know. We all find our things, and funny talking into a microphone happened to be one of my things, so thanks for listening. So I've been posting about it for a while. The Taylor Hawkins passing did hit me pretty hard. Um, he was just too young. The guy was so full of life. I got to meet the Foo Fighters once. Um, well, I think I actually met them more than once, but the one time I actually got to actually speak, I'm glad it was after they performed. When the Foo Fighters curse first came out, and I talked about this on my Taylor Hawkins podcast, if you haven't listened to that, it's available. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan when they first came out. I was programming a classic rock station at the time. Played a little bit of current music, but not much. And they were, you know, the side project from the drummer from Nirvana. Nirvana lead singer had passed away and the band was over. And so the drummer puts out this, this we thought at the time, alternative pop-leaning record, right? Mostly a solo album, as it turns out. So it wasn't much longer. I moved to a different market and we had a show coming. It was the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Foo Fighters were opening up. And they killed. As I now know, they're one of the greatest rock bands that have ever been live. They're just tight. They're on. They give 150%. It's just nonstop. It's, it, it, it is rock and roll. When they all pass down the road, they'll look back and go, yeah, I mean... They belong up there with the greats. They do. Just by watching today, simple songs they have put out early in their career now have taken on epic. Everybody knows the songs. Everybody knows the words. Everybody sings along at moments like this. They're important. It's epic. It was epic today. So anyway, I got to meet them after they performed. They opened for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and as an opening act, you don't usually get a whole lot of staging. Well, they did. They had a wall of lights behind them that replicated the Queen Live Killers wall of lights. It might have been the exact same light kit. It looked like it. And they came out and just rocked. As an opening act, Dave Grohl jumped off the stage, ran up the stairs, ran all the way around where they served the pizza and the t-shirts, 
still playing, still singing, and came all the way back down the stairs on the other side, all the way around the arena. One of those rock stars. They were just rock stars even then. And I got to meet them before the really had Chili Peppers came out. The radio station was doing the show. We didn't get to hang out with Chili Peppers. We got to meet the Foo Fighters briefly. And I just, I gushed. I was like, wow, you guys made me a fan right there. And that's, they were very happy. That's exactly what they want to do. They want their live show to convert you. Dave Grohl said in the beginning in an interview, I want a kick-ass band. I want my band to be able to kick any other band's ass. They play hundreds of dates a year. They're tight. They're, they're well-seasoned. They know how to play together. They can pretty much do anything as you saw today. So I didn't think that, but then this one 45-minute performance, boom, I'm a fan. Now I own everything. I've seen them several times. I got to see them in West Palm Beach. They hadn't played there, I think they said, seven years or longer. They'd become much bigger since the last time they played there. And they played. It was sold out. It was the most I've ever paid to go to a concert in an outdoor arena. And it was incredible. I had seen them several times before, but this was like the pinnacle. This was like the crowd was into it. They were happy to be there. It was a warm summer night. It was just on. So anyway, I am a Foo Fighters fan. If you know me, you know I'm into the more weird, technical, esoteric, everything from Rush and yes to Porcupine Tree and Riverside and Opeth and things like that. But as mainstream as the Foo Fighters are, I love them. They've they've never jumped the shark. They've never lost me as a fan. Once I became, I locked in, and I just they they continue to impress me. I think they're the real deal. So when Taylor passed, he was too young, and being a fan of the music, a fan of the band, it was never going to be the same again. Hmm. Imagine if Neil from Rush had died, you know, halfway through their career, 20 years into their career. Wouldn't have been the same thing that we got later, if we had gotten anything later. We don't know what we're going to get from the Foo Fighters later. Although after today, I think they should perform. This was a great way not only to celebrate the life and the memory of Taylor, but to say, okay, we've put the, this is the final chapter, the cap. This is it. We can, what goes on from here is after this post Taylor, if you will. So anyway, I had posted about this because I'm a fan and because, well, I have two rock stations that play the Foo Fighters, one on the internet and one on the FM dial that also streams live. Um, so it was important for the listeners. They have a lot of fans. I posted on my page because I'm a fan. Anything I post on my Facebook page, by the way, if you're listening to this and we're friends of my 5,000 on Facebook and the other social media, um, nobody pays for any of that. That's my personal page. And if I post something, it's because I like it. Some of the stuff's weird and you go, why is he posting this? Because I like it and I want other people to like it. But I don't expect everybody to like what I post. I'm just posting what I like because... Well, everybody's going to post the new Billie Eilish record or everybody's going to post, you know, Madonna comes back. I post the stuff that really moves me or whatever, and the Foo Fighters tend to move me, especially live. So I'd been posting about this, looking forward to it. I even went to bed last night thinking, well, if it's supposed to rain on Saturday, maybe I'll watch it. I'll pull it up. I don't have Paramount Plus. I should, but I don't. Um, So I was going to stream it on YouTube. Got up right about the time it started, put it on. Didn't really pay much attention to it. It was on in the background. I thought it was, sound was good. There's a little too much space between the first two sets there. They hadn't started playing the videos yet. Looked like they were starting to play the videos like 
they knew if a video was a minute long, they would start it a minute before the band was ready, not right after the last band kind of thing. This was a classic tribute concert, the best I have ever seen. It's right up there with the Freddie tribute concert. This is the way it's done. I noticed that MTV has pulled down the stream. It's now set to private, so I, I couldn't rewatch it. Um, hopefully, with the release of hard copy. If you want my honest opinion, this was my guess while I was watching it. This was the dress rehearsal for the one at the end of the month, and they will film that one and put it out. That would be my guess if it were. I know one of the guys from. <coughs> that would be my guess. I know one. Some of the MTV team were the directors and, and line producers and stuff on this. So if you're going to do two events, you're going to film them both and broadcast them both. Make one the, you know, the backup in case it rains or the second one doesn't come off well. But then the second one is the one where everything's polished and, you know, different camera angles you want to use and different lighting cues you want to use or whatever. They worked out all the bugs on this one. And they really had very few technical. I mean, considering how many musicians actually crossed that stage and played 50 songs over five and a half hours. That's a lot. I thought the show was epic, and I was moved to emotion multiple times. Much more than I expected. Well, it's been... A little while. Time has passed. I didn't know Taylor personally. I'd met him once, but, you know, he's still a famous person who I like his music, but, it, you know, it's not like mom and dad or grandma or somebody like that passing away. It's, you know, he affected me, but he was too young. He was always full of life every time you saw him. When you met him, he was just, he bubbled, he glowed he was just it wasn't drugs it wasn't he's just one of those people you've been around those people you know he was that kind of person he just he was sparks he was on fire he was just fun to be around one of those people you wanted to hang out with he just came across that way he was that way but watching the show the first performance is like, wow, I've never really listened to Supergrass or I've never really listened to this band. And okay. And the singer, when he first came out, I wasn't sure who certain people were or whatever. I had to look a couple of these British people up. Um, I thought everybody was good and it was different. And we moved from covers, you know, bands that may not have been the biggest names doing cover songs into bigger artists doing their songs and cover songs. And then things started, the, the bar just kept going up. I literally did not plan to spend five and a half hours in front of my TV today. I don't ever spend that much time in front of my TV unless I'm playing a video game I like. And I did do a few other things like laundry and stuff while it was on. But all in all, I thought it was incredible. I thought they really worked hard on it. Everybody was there for the absolute love of it. Nobody was making money off this. If anybody makes money, it'll be um, Taylor's family and the foundations that were receiving the funding and the proceeds from the T-shirts and stuff. This was done out of love for this artist that passed away and how many people he worked with and touched. And I got to say, everybody sounded great. A few of these older artists, you know, Joe Walsh, Paul McCartney, love you. I'm glad you're still out there, but... Well, maybe not do the high stuff. 
of all the people, I thought Paul McCartney picked kind of the wrong songs. Oh, Darling was not really, I mean, maybe that was one of Taylor's favorite songs. They said it was, but would not have been one of the Paul McCartney songs I would have pulled out in that particular instance that would have fit Paul's voice now better. And Helter Skelter is a hard one to sing anyway, but he did. Impressive. Same with Joe Walsh. Guitar playing was great. Vocals, he was, yeah. Getting older. Nice plastic surgery. Then other people slayed. Uh, his name escapes me with the lead singer of The Struts. He was great. Guy from Supergrass did a good job. The drummers, Omar Hakim. Oh, love him. Great drummer. A lot of the other. Incredible playing. Then everything kind of came off without a hitch. Some of these guys never played before. Some of these people I had never seen before. But some of the speeches, some of the look, the look on Dave Grohl's face when he's ready to play a Foo Fighters song for the first time without Taylor, the look on his face. The emotion in the crowd it still moves me. If I get a new album or a song, I can be moved to a tear or moved to a disgust or moved to a, 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 an emotion. Some people, music is just background. It's just, oh, don't you like this song? Yeah, I can dance to it. For me, music can move me. The right song, the right piece, the right chord progression, the right, you know. I'm glad I haven't lost that in all these years of being in music, being a musician and being in the radio industry and the music industry. It's You'd think I'd be jaded by now and tired of it, but there's always somebody out there doing something new and exciting. Same thing with movies and the same thing with other art forms. People say there's no good music. Well, you just got to find it. It's harder to find because there's more of it these days. There's a lot more of it. And I was just listening to another out, new album do a review of next week. It's as classic as anything I've heard ever. It's just good quality, well-recorded, well-engineered, well-produced music from a great band. Doesn't matter what genre it is or how old they are. It's just... You know, it's that good. That music, is that kind of stuff is still out there. There's movies that are that high quality coming out every once in a while that are just, wow, you know, so. The Taylor Hawkins tribute concert I thought was a, a success from the fact that it made me think about Taylor Hawkins through the entire time. One of my favorite bands, Rush, gets back together and they perform a couple songs and it was about Taylor. Pretty impressive. All in all, I thought they did a great job. Kudos to Dave Grohl and everybody else who put it together. Um, when I die, all my musician friends, there you go. You have a goal. <laughs> I want a tribute concert. <laughs> I didn't write any of the music, but I love all this music, and I certainly try and support and keep music alive. That's what the radio is all about. So... Absolutely loved it. Uh, I hope we get a hard copy release on a Blu-ray or a 4K. I would buy it. Not every performance was five stars, but man, the peaks were worth the valleys for sure. And there wasn't anything that was truly terrible. Um, I thought it came off well. I thought they paced it out well. I thought it ended well. I, you know, for one of those things that could have become maudlin or could have become depressing. It stayed positive. It stayed looking up. It stayed. 
I was moved to tears more than once in a flipping broadcast of a rock star's tribute concert. I think that's all I need to say about it. It was great. Hopefully it is, you know, era-defining like the Freddie Mercury tribute concerts were and things like that. Because most of us that watch those still remember that. Maybe we bought the, the CDs or the DVDs, but we remember it being streaming live and the US Festival and some of the other things in, in <clears throat> the modern age that have kind of become those signposts we look back on and go, remember when that happened? Hopefully the Taylor Hawkins concert in September of 2022 becomes that. He deserves it. There's a lot of great music out there if you didn't know. His other bands, not just the Foo Fighters, the other stuff he worked on, that NHC album and EP, pretty good stuff. So go check it out. And hopefully they rebroadcast the stream. I know other uh, areas were going to carry highlights and stuff. I'm sure that's what we'll get on Blu-ray or 4K is probably an edited version. They're not going to put all five and a half hours out, but it sure would be great if they did. I would buy it. Kudos to everybody involved with the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. I thought it was fantastic. Scott Hamilton, I'm Rockfile. My links are below. Have a spectacular day. Thanks for listening, really.